You're listening to the 5-Minute Friday podcast episode of The Aligned Self. This is your host, Daniel Danovi. Okay, 5-Minute Friday, a short and concise podcast episode of The Aligned Self designed to leave you with a question, an idea, a strategy, a tip, a hack in order to give you greater access to your conscious awareness, evolving your conscious awareness, or give you greater mastery over your mind. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the conversation. In this 5-Minute Friday, I want to tell you a story. And there is a lesson in the story. And if it isn't readily apparent at the end, I'll share my perspective on it. But I used to have a co-worker once upon a time uh, named Sharon. And sometimes we shared work and I would have these different interchanges with her. And they were always very cordial. She was always friendly. She didn't always smile, but she was always nice. And working with her was, you know, quite pleasant most of the time. I was in my mid-30s and I'm guessing she was in her early to mid-50s. Well, one day I had to give her some work that had been misscheduled with me. And when I talked to her, she blew a gasket. She started cussing and throwing things and kicking things. And I was like, oh, my God, like, what's what's going on? And uh, I just uh, kind of walked away and said quietly to myself, oh, my God, what a bitch. Because, frankly, her response was way over the top. I I couldn't even begin to explain why she was acting the way she was acting. Well, for the next three to four months, any interaction with her usually ended up with her swearing or cussing and saying something either sarcastically or in out-and-out anger. And for the most part, I distanced myself from her. I didn't really want anything to do with her. And I would even gossip with other people, you know, saying, you know, what a bitch she was. And it's like, you never know what what you're going to get when you talk to her. And I wasn't very kind. I wasn't very kind. And occasionally I would feel inspired and I'd go and ask her if there was any work that I could take off her. But for the most part, we didn't share workloads. So to her face, I was pleasant. I was kind. But behind her back, I was not so kind. I would gossip. I would perpetuate the idea that she had a loose ball, loose screw in her head. Well, it was one Monday when I came to work and I realized that Sharon wasn't there. And then I heard people talking that Sharon had passed away. She died over the weekend. For the past few months, she had been living with a brain tumor. And to compound that, she had been taking care of her elderly mother who was also at home, dying, and required a lot of care. I found out that she had put her life on hold for the better part of three to four years to take care of her mother, only come to the realization that she herself was dying. So when I learned of this, I felt like a total idiot. I realized I had been judging her, judging her as a person, not even concerned or interested in what might be going on with her. 
What upset was she going through that I was not privy to? And maybe it was none of my business, but I could have been more compassionate. I thought a lot about Sharon and my interaction with her, about her life and what it was like to be in her shoes. And I realized, too, that she had just buried her mother a couple weeks before she herself died. So there was something in her subconscious, something in, within her, a strength within her, that allowed her to hang on until she was no longer needed. And that, my friend, made me feel even more like an idiot. What a judgmental buffoon I had been. Well, in that moment, I made a decision never to judge somebody, judge their life, judge their behavior based on my point of view. Decision number two, I avoid gossip at all costs. In fact, being in a conversation where gossip is, uh, has been thrown up, thrown up, that's a good metaphor, I actually feel ill behind it. I end up feeling tapped out, low energy. So I subscribe to the cliche that if you can't say anything nice about anyone, don't say anything at all. Because frankly, we never know what another person is going through. You know, a parent might be dealing with addiction, their, their child is addicted, or going through some other mental stress. Maybe they lost someone very close to them. Sometimes we lose a pet, and that grief, that trauma, is just as valid as losing a person in our life. And we all deal with things differently. So we are never in a position to judge another you know, the Bible verse that says, cast not the splinter from your neighbor's eye until you cast the log from your own, depending on which version you read. And my dad used to say, never judge another until you walk a mile in their moccasins. So the moral of the story is to have compassion for others, because we, again, never know what they're going through. And instead of judging them, ask how you can be of service. Is there anything that I can do for you? Is there anything that you need that I might be able to assist you with? You see, take an offensive position rather than a defensive position and be offended. Just take it for what it's worth. Take it as information. And, you know, if you continue to interact with them and they continue with the behavior and they're just a, a nasty person, then you can walk away. You can just choose to leave. But if you've had some type of relationship with them, and suddenly they're acting differently, suddenly they're angry, there's usually something under the surface. And, you know, another thing that this story, this situation taught me, is that most behavior, rather than rush to a judgment, it begs a deeper question. Rather than hallucinate and think you know what's going on with the other person, ask, what's up? Now, I want to provide you with a counter example, because on three different occasions, I cut ties with a friend, someone and people that had been friends of mine for years in some cases, but they were always with certain dynamics going on. And at such times when the stakes changed, the commitments changed, the agreements changed, and when those agreements were broken rather than own up to it and admit it, they decided to shift the blame and started attacking me. Kind of something like, me? 
Me? Let's talk about you. And so they proceeded to tear me down, attempt to shame me, you know, tear down my character. Now, you can judge my behavior all day long. I can correct my behavior. But when you start attacking who I am as a person, you know, who I am as an individual and my beliefs and my values, then we're talking a different story. At those moments, I decided that I was dealing with a narcissistic personality. And I recognized it because they were not accepting responsibility. You know, they were a fair-weather friend. And as soon as times got a little tough, as, as soon as there was some contention, rather than step up, they decided to tear me down. And frankly, I don't allow that. I don't allow that in my life. And I want to give you this counterexample because... I don't want you to fall into the trap that a lot of people do when they're dealing with a narcissistic personality, because that narcissism comes from a trauma in their past. It comes from hurt, a hurt self-identity. And what they do is they lash out and they try and make the other person wrong. And they do so in a way that is abusive. So while I said the, the moral of the first story, was to respond with compassion, to respond with non-judgment. Again, don't judge the, their character. You can judge the behavior all day long. But if someone is consistently showing up and attempting to tear you down, to knock you down, to make themselves look better, feel better, then you have to make a decision whether or not you want to dance with them. And in those cases when it happened to me, I said no. And, you know, I make it sound really easy, but it was a hard decision in all those times because they were my friends and I didn't want them to think ill of me. I mean, we don't want people to do that. And so when someone attacks us, we can see that they have the wrong idea about our, motive, our motives, who we are. And, and there's a, a tendency to want to defend yourself. And you think that you can just educate them, you know, give them a different point of view, and maybe they'll, you know, they'll rally and say, you know what, I was wrong. I, I misjudged the situation. But when they drive in even deeper and see a little weakness, and so they want to knock you down up another peg and another peg, that's when you have to say enough is enough. And I wanted to provide this counterexample because, you know, all of you are loving spiritual people, and we want to think the best of people. And if you're an empath or have any psychic ability, you can see the grander vision in another person. You see their possibility. That's the seduction, how they're showing up on a day-to-day -day basis, how they're treating you. That's the real them, the real person that they're choosing to be. And I know some of you that are in those relationships you think that if you only love them enough, if you present them with, you know, enough grace, that they'll change, that they'll heal. Well, this is where I want to leave you with an idea that I came across years ago, and it has saved me countless pain. You should never do for someone else what they can and are required to do for themselves. It is their responsibility to do it for themselves. You can't heal someone who doesn't want to be healed. If they're not taking 
you know, consistent action to seek therapy or to heal themselves or to look within and really come to terms with the anger and the blame and the the self-identity, then my friend, it is not your role to do that for them. And if you happen to be dealing with a narcissistic personality, they are unlikely to actually look that deep. Because frankly, that means that they would have to take responsibility for a lot of things that they've tried to push aside. They would actually have to admit something that they spend the majority of their lives avoiding looking at directly. So I want you to know what you're dealing with. If it's just a change in behavior, someone you've interacted with on a normal basis for, and then suddenly something's up, something's different, it begs a deeper question. But if they consistently show up in a particular way, when you've given the opportunity for a different response to show up, then you have to decide whether or not you want to dance with them. Now, each and every one of those friends that I've ended the friendship with ended my interaction with them. And it has been, you know, like cut and dry. Because I learned in the first relationship, if you leave the door open a little bit, if you give them a little bit of grace, they'll take even more. So there's really no end to the abuse, the long-term abuse, unless you end it. And it has to be you. Because frankly, they're sucking energy from you. That's one of the reasons why they behave the way they do. In order to claim your energy, take your energy. In fact, that's one of the red flags where you know you're dealing with this type of personality. Because afterwards, you feel completely drained, exhausted, Like, you don't even know, like, confused. Like, you don't even know what hit you. Well, I had no idea I was going to, you know, talk about the the flip side of the coin here. Uh, I really wanted to talk about my interaction with Sharon and what I realized from that. But I realized that there's a, a slippery slope on the other side that I needed to address. So react with compassion. Have compassion for people. Ask a deeper question. Don't assume you know what's going on with them. Ask for, you know, how can you assist them? How can you uh, uh, help them? Anything that they need that you might be able to provide. And you can call attention to the behavior. Like, this is uncharacteristic of you. Like, what's going on? And on the flip side of it, if you feel like you're being abused, don't take it. Reject it. Walk away. For your own self-protection. Because they, more than likely, will never, ever change. Well, I know you started listening to this thinking that it was going to be a short one, but uh, and it did go longer than I thought it was, but I had to talk about the slippery side of this slope. Now, I feel that there's going to be an episode in the future where we dive deeper into that whole aspect of self, the personality, the narcissistic syndrome, but I don't want to leave you hanging. If you think you're dealing with somebody that is narcissistic, or you're in a narcissistic, abusive relationship, then go to YouTube and look up Dr. Ramini. I'll leave her link in the show notes. But uh, she's a seminal thinker, and she's done a lot of research around narcissism, which has been largely untouched by psychology for years. It's more and more people are talking about it because it's a predominant personality trait. We see, you know, politics all the time. Narcissists rise to the top. In fact, I a friend of mine, Matt Kramer, wrote a book called Predatory Leadership. 
So there are some resources down in the show notes if you need to or want to dig deeper in this. So until next time, live with compassion. This is your host, Daniel DeNovi. Live your life from inner signals. Follow your bliss. And by all means, live the epic adventure. Thank you.